0: Hey, I hope you guys had a meaningful Christmas this year. It's been my prayer during the season that you would be safe and that you would be virus-free. When we think back on 2020, we would all probably say, what an incredible year. It's been one for the history books, or as Michelle Goldberg from the New York Times said, it was one that kind of had many years of history all wrapped up into one. She explained that the year began with a with the with impeachment proceedings, and that was 1974. And then it quickly moved on to 1918, uh, when the Spanish flu killed nearly 50 million people, and now we're battling the coronavirus. And then not long after that was 1929, the Great Depression. And and, and we've seen economic collapse this year. And then it moved on, it moved right on to, to 1968, when there was so much urban political unrest in America, it seemed like it was everywhere. And we had the same thing this year. And and then I thought it really went back all the way to 1861 when the Civil War began and it split this nation. And this year we've had the political war that has split this nation. And so as I think back on 2020, it's pretty understandable that we could be a little out of sorts to say the least. Just, just a little bit. Or we might be off balance or or, or we might be off kilter anxious. And 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 maybe just have a little bit of unrest in our hearts. And so I completely understand that. And what I want to do today is I want to take you to a passage in in 2 Corinthians 1, and we're going to see how Paul, who had some hardship, dealt with it. And we're going to see that hardship, and we're going to see how he was able to deal with that and and it all comes wrapped up in our sermon in a sentence, and, and it's a pretty simple thing, and it is this. This is more than we can stand. 2020 is more than we can stand if we stand alone. This is more than we can stand if we stand alone, and so we're going to jump in at, at 2 Corinthians, the first chapter in verse 8, and, and as we look at that, it's really going to show us how Paul was able to get through that. So this is verse 8 of chapter 1. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. The word for under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, is a Greek word, and it's called hyperbolo, and it actually means that there has been a weight cast upon you that it's too great for you to stand. And that's what Paul talks about. Now, I I, I think I want to know what he's talking about there. What was this weight? And so we're going to jump now to 2 Corinthians 11. Keep your finger there in the first chapter, but 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 23, and we're going to see the pressure that Paul was under. He says, I've worked much harder been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in dangerous sea, and in danger from false believers. I've labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked besides everything else. I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. i got to tell you, there's a lot I can't identify there. I've never been beaten, but I've talked to pastors in Nepal that have. I've never had my life threatened, but those pastors in Nepal have. But I will tell you what I identify with, that last phrase, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Boy, hyperbolo, a, 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 a weight cast upon him. And you see that. You see that as Paul writes about all the things he has suffered. Let's go back now to the beginning of Second Corinthians 1. We're going to go all the way back to verse 8 because I want you to hear that again. He says, we don't want you to be uninformed. We want you to understand the pressure. We don't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But, this is really important here, but this happened, that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that, that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers then many will give thanks on behalf for this gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Boy, Paul just lays it out for us right there. He, he says that the, the two things that have got me through this is that I have relied on God, and I have relied on God's people through their prayers. I, 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 I tell you what, we are Americans We are an independent people. We're like that three-year-old that says, I can do it myself, and we can't. Our problem, and this is what our problem is, it's not weakness, it's independence. Our problem is not weakness, it's independence, my son and I were actually talking about this, uh, this passage, and, and he's actually the one that wrote the Sermon in the Senate, so I can't take credit for that. But I want to go back to the Sermon in the sentence. This is more than we can stand if we stand alone. I want us to look at how Paul was able to stand and use the lessons that he will teach us to help us in these difficult times. The first thing that Paul says is is that we are to stand with Christ. He says that we are to stand with Christ. You remember he said, all these things have happened so that I would not rely on myself, but rely on God, rely on Jesus. Paul realized that he couldn't do it himself. Paul realized that that he needed God to be there with him, that he needed to stand with Christ. And I have a go-to passage whenever I, I feel that I need to get my feet on solid ground, to stand on Jesus Christ and Him alone. And in it's in Psalm, the 40th chapter, verses 1 through 3. And I believe this passage will help you. And it certainly helps me when times are hard to remind me I've got to get my feet in the right place. So this is what it says. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. That's a promise throughout God's word that if we'll we'll cry out to him, he will respond. And then it says, he lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. This is what I want you to understand, is that if you and I will cry out to God, He will respond. I will tell you in this season, I have cried out to God. Sometimes it's been loud. I've cried out loudly. Sometimes it's been with tears. But this is the truth. He's always responded. And this is what He does when we cry out. The first thing that it tells us is that we will stand on solid ground. He's going to put our feet on solid ground. It says there that he put the, the the writer, which is David, his feet on solid ground. Boy, in 2020, we found out some things weren't solid ground. Money, it 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 was pretty unstable. Medicine couldn't get it figured out. Uh, politics it have, it have all but disintegrated. And and if we were putting our trust there, we found ourselves on unstable ground. But when we cry out to God, what he does, what he does is he puts our feet on solid ground. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. That's what the hymnist writes. And this is what I want you to understand. When you stand on Jesus Christ, that rock is eternal, and you can stand forever. Boy, I wish we were together, because somebody would have said amen then. But that's, that, that's the first thing that happens. The second thing that happens is, is that we're going to worship. If you're taken from being unstable on, on, on sinking stand, and you're put on a solid rock, uh, on the rock of Jesus Christ, what you're going to want to do, you're going to want to sing about it. You're going to want to tell others about it. And, and, and I tell you, that is so key, is that we would just praise God for what he's done. And he's delivered us through this year, and we need to praise God for that. But the the third thing that it says is really interesting. It says that we're going to influence others for Christ. I begin to praise God because he set my feet on a solid rock. And and, and when he has set my feet on a solid rock, as I begin to praise him, others are going to see and they're going to believe. And I just want you to understand that's how you grow a church It's when we cry out, we cry out to God, he puts us on solid ground, we worship him, and others will come. Paul, in, in, in the 12th chapter, in the ninth verse, he has a, a word for us there. He's cried out to Jesus, and this is what Jesus has said to him. He said this. Each time, this is what Jesus said to him My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. Wow. You know, when we feel weak, that's when God can work. And if we're standing with him, he will work through us. I have one verse, and it's really my life verse. And it's a verse that helps me when, when I'm feeling uh, overwhelmed. And it's uh, 1 Thessalonians five You've heard it from me before. It just simply says, the one who calls you, that's Jesus Christ, is faithful, and he will do it. I had a young minister ask me, Mike, how do you deal with the hard times? and I just simply told him that verse. (laughs) That's that's the only way we get through it, is with Jesus Christ, standing with him, standing in him, having his spirit in us. So that's the first thing that Paul says. He, he, He just simply says, we stand with Christ. The second thing that Paul talked about in 2 Corinthians 1 and 8, he talks about the prayers of the people, and that's that we stand with God's people. We stand with God's people, their strength in numbers. And he said it twice, he said it was their prayers, and many are going to give thanks to God because of their prayers and because of the deliverance it brought. And so I simply say to you that that's how we get through times like this. We depend on the body of Jesus Christ, the church, and that's huge. We have to understand that we stand in the body of Christ as a team that can move together with the power of God. We've looked at uh, this verse that I'm going to share with you in just a second a couple of times this year because it's so important for this time when when we are having to go through some difficult times. It's Hebrews 10. And in verse 24, this is what it says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. It talks about spurring one another on, not giving up meeting together, and encouraging one another. So this is how this is how the church stands strong together. This is how the church stands strong together, and and Paul spells it out for us, and it's pretty simple. We have to spur one another on to love and good deeds. I have loved this season where I've watched the church come together and, and, and meet the needs in this community. Just this past Wednesday, we had a team that went out to build a ramp. Uh, for a man that needed a ramp. They were spurring one another on to love and good deeds. Many of you in this Christmas season has been spurred on to love and good deeds by helping others have Christmas. This is what our church is about. It's about showing the love of Jesus where we live, work, and play. So I, I simply tell you, we've got to spur each other along because as we begin to serve, we get stronger. That's so important. The, the, the second thing that is said there is not give up meeting as some are in the habit of doing. We've got to meet with one another. I will tell you what, one of the things that is so clear to me is that Satan has worked hard to, to attack us in this, this year, 2020. It says not to give up meeting together. And, and he has attacked us with this terrible virus and then kept us from coming together. Wow. And this is the thing that worries me, is that when we haven't been able to get together, when people haven't been feeling safe, that they've moved out of the habit of being with God's people. And we know that an animal that's off by itself from the herd is an easy prey 1 Peter 5.8 tells us that Satan roams around seeking who he can devour. And I think he has programmed and schemed this, this, this coronavirus and, and separating people. And we've got to make sure we're taking care of each other. And then the last thing it simply says is encouraging one another. That's a note, a phone call, a text. Just with an encouraging word, we've got to encourage each other. I, I, I will say this, thank you, because in this year, uh, the, the encouragement that I've received, uh, the, the prayers that you have prayed, have really made a difference. And, and I know I speak for the rest of the staff, and that's what we've got to continue to do is to build each other up in the Lord. You see, it's pretty simple. We spur each other on to love and good deeds. We make sure that we're getting together because there's strength in numbers, and then we continually encourage each other, lift each other up. The writer of Proverbs says something that, that, that is so important. He says through meeting together, he says through meeting together that we get stronger and we get sharper. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Did you catch that? We, we sharpen each other. We get stronger. And then Jesus, in Matthew 18, he talks about power being released when we meet together. So in Matthew 18, this is what it says. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Did you catch that? that we get to come together in Jesus Christ and, and, and call on Him, and we release the power. I, I tell you what, we need that so much. Paul was under what is hyperbole, more pressure than he could stand. And, and he says, this is how we do it. We don't try to do it alone, but we stand with Christ and we stand with fellow believers. Let me remind you of the sermon in the sentence one more time. This is more than we can stand if we stand alone. This is more than we can stand if we stand alone. I want to take you now to 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 8. Paul resolves these things that he says. All this stuff has happened to him, and I want you to see that he has the victory. He says, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Wow. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Did you catch that? He, he, he just simply says, hey, I, I've got the victory. We've won. We are hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. I believe Paul, deep down in his heart, really believed what Jesus said in Matthew 28, 20. And and, and this is what Jesus said. He says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Paul knew that Jesus was with him, and so he stood strong. And then in Romans 8, 38, Paul writes, and I believe he writes this from the depths of his heart, and it really is about uh, the strength that he has. Listen to what he says, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul knows that if he stands with Christ and the body of Christ, that he won't stand alone and that he will see it through to the end. I want us to celebrate communion right now, because it's that little piece of bread and that little bit of juice that reminds us that Jesus has died for us, but that he is also living with us now. It reminds us that he stands with us. It reminds us that he goes through this life with us, that he is in us through the Holy Spirit, and we are in him and that we are part of a body of Christ that is bigger. You see, in this communion, as we, we celebrate it today, it, it reminds us that Christ is with us, but as I think about it, the body of Christ around the world is joining us. There is such strength in this. I've chosen a song at the end. It's one you probably heard on the radio. It calls was, There Was Jesus. And boy, I tell you what, the words are so powerful. It reminds us that Christ is with us. It reminds us that his body is with us. And so as you take communion, just remember that Christ is with you and that he will always be with you. He gives you a solid place to stand and that he will be there for all eternity. Hey. I hope you have a great break and I hope this communion time as you listen to this song will be meaningful for you. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at